Hi, it's Ben Potter here. I am a business development mentor and non-exec director to digital marketing agencies here in the UK. Uh, Like many of us, uh, I have done a number of things during the course of 2020 that I never thought I would be doing. Uh, One of those has been to host a monthly virtual get-together for agency owners and business developers. This has been an opportunity to get together, share experiences, pose questions, uh, and also to connect during these strangest of times, all with the aim of making business development just that little bit easier uh, right now. Uh, This is a recording of the June session Uh, full of insights, ideas and inspiration from in-house business developers and also lead generation agencies. This month we discussed, amongst other things, are we turning the corner? What signs are people seeing that we're returning to some kind of normal? What work have agencies been winning in recent weeks and what's been driving this? Have marketing directors been more open to speaking to new agencies in recent weeks? What I also didn't think I'd be doing is turning this into a podcast, but thanks to uh, those that have been in attendance and have been so open um, and willing to share uh, their insights and also the wonders of modern technology, uh, here we are. So again, this is a recording of the June session. Uh, It's the second session that we've run. Um, If you'd like to be a part of this moving forward, uh, keep a lookout uh, for for, uh, messages on LinkedIn. Um, But otherwise, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Right, hi guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, this is the uh, the second time we've done this. The last time was four weeks ago. The hair's a bit longer. It's certainly a bit greyer. Um, but uh, but thanks for uh, thanks for coming back. Um, quite a few of you were here last month. Um, a few new faces as well. Um, so I'll just kind of briefly uh, explain the format. Um, the agenda. Uh, there is no agenda. Uh, the agenda is, is shaped entirely by, uh, by you guys, uh, by any questions you have, uh, by any concerns you might have, by any good news, dare I say, that you might want to share, anything you've learned uh, in recent weeks which you are happy to uh, impart um, to the rest of the group. Um, in, terms of, in terms of just kind of basic ground rules, uh, if you've got anything to say, just stick a hand up. Uh, try not to interrupt one another. There are around about 12 or 13 of us. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have uh, been on Zoom calls where people are, are talking over one another, but it just doesn't work. Um, so please, anything to say, stick your hand up. I'll, um, I'll come to you um, and then we can discuss uh, around that particular point. Um, something that I asked uh, everybody to do last month um, is, to, is to give a rating out of five um, as to how you are generally feeling about stuff at the moment, um, obviously in relation to business development, uh, one being not very positive at all, uh, five being uh, uh, very positive. Uh, rather than go round uh, person by person this time, um, if you just stick that score um, in the chat uh, section, um, it's quite interesting to see how the mood is perhaps uh, shifting. Um, I think the average came out at just over 3.5 uh, last uh, last time, which I thought was was pretty decent. So another four weeks uh, four weeks in, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, has moved forward. Um, other than that, um, let's get cracking. Um, if anybody wants to start off, if anybody's got a question, a concern, something they want to share. Um, I will do my very best to impart my 
uh, knowledge and anything I've picked up in recent weeks. But the whole idea of this is to get people together and to kind of share our collective experiences, uh, share our collective smarts um, and see if we can just help one another uh, make business development um, just that little bit easier uh, if we possibly can um, at the moment and over the coming uh, coming weeks and months. Um, so as I say, thanks again for being here uh, again. Um, does anybody want to, does anybody want to kick us off? Ben, I'll, I'll say something if that's okay. Please do. I'm, <clears throat> I have a small new biz consultancy, sort of lead gen agency, and I've just started working with someone called Laura Bent, who, uh, who I think was with us last time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, generally, my 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 feeling is things are picking up out there. The, you know, as, we, as we're coming out of this thing, there seems to be a little bit more um, renewed interest in in having you know in, in in being approached in brands being approached being receptive um, to having conversations. So I'm you know all, all I really wanted to say was it, it seems to be on the up and it seems to be a little bit more positive out there at the moment. I'm hoping, obviously, that continues. What What are you finding, as as obviously a, uh, an expert on this as well? What What are you finding with your clients? Um, I'd be interested to hear, sort of, from from yeah. you, what what you're finding. Yeah, I think um, if I if I look at if I look at my existing clients, if I look at people I've worked with previously, um, and a number of agencies I haven't. Um, I've, I've had dozens and dozens of conversations over over recent weeks. Um, my my view is that most agencies feel like they're probably over the worst of it. It's not to say they haven't got all of the bad news they're potentially going to get. I still think a number of their clients are shaky uh, and somewhat on the rocks, uh, dependent on um, uh, government lockdown and, and what happens over the coming weeks. So. They're not entirely out of the woods yet, but I think the feeling I get is most agencies have probably received most of the bad news. They know where they're at in terms of uh, revenue, which is which has come out, and they know where they're at in terms of the effect on their pipeline. Um, and I think in terms of uh, replenishing uh, that pipeline, that is beginning to happen both from some of those clients coming back and starting to spend again. I think a lot of the people I've spoken to, they're certainly seeing uh, seeing that happen. Um, they're also seeing maybe some of those opportunities that were put on hold in their pipeline, those conversations beginning to happen again. Um, and I also think that depending on how good they are at the prospecting and the relationship building aspect of their new business function, they are beginning to have more conversations and potentially more productive conversations. Not not necessarily that people are looking to spend money right now, but they are beginning to have a better idea of if and when they will begin to start investing again, um, albeit there are still quite a lot of unknowns with respect to what's going to be happening um, with government policy moving forward. But I would certainly say compared to even four weeks ago, the general mood feels a little bit more positive albeit with an acceptance that we are nowhere near out the woods yet. Mm. Um, how do how do others relate to that? Um, would anybody else like to share their own story and how they're doing? Jack Thompson's hand went up like lightning there. Um, Jack, hello. 
Hello. Um, yeah, I think that I, I see exactly the same. So I do a very similar work to yourself, Ben and, uh, and Matt, by the sounds of things. I'm a business development consultant, so I have a group of agencies I work with. Um, and yeah, I'm seeing very, very similar things. So I just want to store, it seems very common amongst agency owners down here where there's some that have paused their outbound activity or had paused it due to, due to coronavirus, due to lockdown. Some of those are starting to sort of you know, restart their kind of active cold lead gen, starting to kind of warm up, trying to warm up kind of that, those conversations that were happening before lockdown as well. And yeah, they're seeing some new client projects come through. So that's definitely something I'm seeing uh, locally, which is, which is positive, obviously. Um, so yeah, starting to come back to life effectively. I think a lot of people felt it wasn't sort of right to be doing cold outbound stuff, uh, you know, in the early stages, which I kind of agreed with really, you know, you know with certainly kind of <laughs> aggressive sales messages. And I think by now people are feeling that although they're not doing aggressive sales, it's still a case, okay, let's try and start some cold conversations. Let's get some messages out. Let's try to start nurturing some of those relationships again. So, which is good for all of us that are involved in doing, doing that sort of work ultimately. Um, I think the, the, the interesting thing for me is some of my clients who used to lean quite heavily on networking and events as a, as a source of leads. One client in particular, you know, um, lent very, very heavily on their, mainly because they work with startups. So it's quite hard to do lead gen if you work with startups because ultimately, you know, they, they don't have, often don't have a website, let alone, a, you know, uh, anything to prospect around. So, you know, networking and being part of those networks is really important to their lead gen. They paused all of their kind of their own events. They don't, they used to run events themselves, completely paused all of them, with no sign of reenacting re them. So if anything, that's the challenge for me is like, how, what advice do you give to clients like that? I've never really done any outbound stuff before, relies heavily on inbound or referrals and networking. They're really, they're sort of struggling with what, what do we do um, in, in the mm. current climate? So I guess if there's an ask anyone in, who's had any success of running virtual events on either on behalf of their clients or three clients they work with, that would be because I'd love to be able to pass that, <laughs> pass that sort of knowledge on to my client ultimately and say, here's how it's been working elsewhere. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'd say on that part. Cool. Thanks, Jack. Uh, and, and anybody else want to kind of uh, chip in? A uh, couple of hands go up. I'll start with you, Gareth. Yeah, I think like echoing what a lot of people are saying. One of the things that we've been doing is, particularly at the beginning, is trying to be like that helpful agency. None of that kind of, like like Jack had said, I've, I've had a couple of conversations with Jack as well, as part of the Bristol Business Development Group. We're based in Cardiff, but um, yeah, just trying to be helpful to, to our clients and none of this kind of cold outreach, um, none of this trying to be salesy because people are nervous, aren't really committing to budgets or kind of holding on to them in a time where they feel a bit more confident. And as of that, as, as a result of that, we're kind of feeling the benefits. People are more uh, open to conversations about what's going on in the future. Um, we've had some really nice leads come in the past week or two as a result of that. Um, one of the things that we sort of did that was quite good, well, we were meant to be running a, um, an event uh, based on the, in the beauty industry. And we wrote, uh, like a beautiful report that was going to be accompanying that and obviously because of coronavirus that got scuppered so we just sent it out to as many agency partners and referral partners that we talked to and said look send this to anyone that you know that works within that industry we got loads of really great feedback from it but it was like that helpful element it's not that kind of I'm trying to sell something to you immediately I don't want you as a client if you want to chat um, and that's been quite nice um, and a lot of the things that we've worked with our clients is we've been doing like coronavirus specific reports on their industry. So again, it's not about trying to either upsell a current client or it's just kind of supporting them through this like kind of weird time. Um, and that's kind of, that's my angle. And what I've been trying to do through a lot of these things is chat to other agencies, chat, chat to other business development people and figure out what they're doing and how, how I can help even if it's just passing on referrals and introducing other agencies that don't do what we do into our clients. Mm. Um, 
because as we all know, a referral is obviously going to go a lot further than anything else. And I think we all need that right now is kind of supporting each other as best as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been quite nice, I guess. It's, it's, it's not, it's, a diff- it's different from a business development perspective, you know, not worrying too much about leads, but just doing the more relationship building kind of stuff. Mm. Um, mm. It's been interesting. Do you, do, you think, do you think there is interesting though? Do you think there is a, a, a significant difference between the approach you've been taking in recent weeks and how you should probably be approaching things in normal times anyway? I think it's almost going to change or shape the way that we approach things going forward anyway. Like, mm. um, even, you know, if the cold, the cold element is always really tough, as we'd always know. Um, but, and we always try to put out helpful content as and when we can. Um, I think I feel that this time it's almost felt more genuine because everybody's kind of in something together yeah. um, rather than trying to find issues with some with what something you might have or trying to solve a specific problem we all have the same problem yeah. um, uh, obviously that might go away obviously once maybe things return to some kind of normal uh, but that kind of shared element of all being in it together has really helped this I you know I'm meeting a lot of different people that I would probably never have spoken to before mm-hmm. learned a lot of new things that I, and had time to really look at practices and look at the way we do things um I think actually this virus is going to change the way we do business for the better in, mm-hmm. in many ways um mm-hmm. yeah I don't know whether people agree with that or yeah Gath, I was just quite interested about um you, you mentioned some of the reports that you were sending out that have done quite well um, just, I'm just quite curious to, you know, kind of what's in those reports. What are you kind of giving information on the their market in general or their industry in general about what the way things are looking? Is it that kind of thing? Or yeah, exactly that. So we, we've been looking at. So we're a search agency, so we specialise in SEO and, and paid. So we're just we're looking yeah. at the specific industry, how things have changed, where people are, uh, uh, where their audience are sitting, and maybe how they're consuming data. Um, you know anything that's kind of what's peaked or hasn't peaked, what does it, what, what has changed. And, but we've really specifically looked at like their website, their competitors, what their competitors are doing, uh, yeah. how that market's looking, um, using sort of external data sources like global web index, and then um, just trying to figure out kind of consumer behavior during this time, because as we all know, there's been some industries that have had a massive boom. Um, so, you know, we've tried to help those. Uh, one of our clients had like the best month that they ever had last month, which is like outrageous. Um, and then others have uh, I've, I've struggled through that. So it's like we're trying to find opportunities even within this to help them through it. Um, so for our current clients, we've just done it as part of the service. We've not charged them. We've created these coronavirus reports. Um, and we're almost thinking it might even be something that we could offer other people that aren't clients, um, you know, what can what can be done there because everything has changed so drastically um but yeah i can i've probably got an example of a report somewhere that i can probably share um, um it depends how much obviously data is in there because i say a lot of it is like really specific to the client and there's a lot of their specific data in there um so i don't know how helpful it would be once it's redacted but it's again it's like that helpful being there to support our clients and we're doing things for clients that would, might normally be out of our remit but they can. What can we support you on? What is it that you're doing? Or what do you need? What? How can we help? And that's come across really well as well. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. It's uh, very similar to the kind of thing that you know we we were doing kind of the report level. So it's just interesting to hear kind of what you guys have put into it, and um, you know, very similar to be fair. 
Great, uh, just before I come to Brian, I just wanted to welcome Julia. Hi, Julia. Just Hi. Hi, nice to, nice to see you. Sorry to join you late. I feel as though I can't contribute until I know what you've been chatting about. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. Uh, just, just to say, guys, um, do, do duck in and duck out as you need to. Um, last time we, uh, we went on uh, for about another half an hour beyond uh, the five o'clock finish time, so I have set it a bit longer. Um, I appreciate we've all got uh, other Zoom calls, kids to feed, all of that kind of stuff, so uh, don't feel obliged to stick around. Um, just one other thing to say, um, uh, do feel free to do a quick introduction to yourself before you talk. Um, if you like the sound of somebody else and think it might be worth connecting, uh, let me know. I'm more than happy to facilitate that introduction. Uh, last time around, we spent uh, probably a little bit longer than I thought doing intros at the beginning, so I thought I'd skip that this time. Uh, but if you want to do a quick intro uh, upon, uh, upon speaking for the first time, uh, please feel free to do that. Um, Brian, you've waved your hand uh, a couple of times. Um, uh, go ahead. Uh, you're just on mute, Brian. <laughs> it's a classic mistake to make with Zoom, don't worry. Is, yeah. <laughs> so, um, hi, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Brian James. I'm the uh, creative uh, director of a kind of a fairly new founded agency. And uh, I'm just keen to understand uh, from those of you that are kind of reaching out to brand new prospects or kind of new opportunities that you're kind of currently engaged with. What do those kind of, it's all very well and good, which I understand having conversations, you know, clearly, you know, everything has to start with having a conversation, but uh, is there any kind of light at the end of the tunnel in, tunnel in terms of uh, clients actually pushing the, uh, the button on doing actual new work? So I'd like to understand, you know, at what point do you feel that we're at in terms of uh, opportunities whereby clients are actively now saying, yeah, there's new kind of projects on my table. So I'm tr I'd like to kind of get, get a gauge on, on that from the group uh, because, you know, it's great to hear that they're kind of more, there's more appetite to have conversations. But just would kind of get a head, kind of a bit of a heads up from the group in, in terms of uh, your shared knowledge around uh, that that what what that might look like in terms of maybe one month, two months, three months time, because clearly at some point they're going to have to kind of start to kind of turn on the tap and do and do actual work. Yeah. So who who who's won who's won some work um, in I mean during the last say four to eight weeks, and then I suppose a build on that question would be what is the what is the nature of that work? Are there certain things that we are seeing clients buy more of right now or less of right now? Um, so I don't know if anybody wants to throw the hat in the ring. It's always good to celebrate the successes, especially at the moment. So um, who, who, who's seen some wins? Uh, go on, Laurie, let's start with you. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so we've won a couple of projects recently. Uh, one of them is a big uh, German um, personal care brand. Um, and the project's being run out of Germany. So I think it's quite interesting looking at different markets and how they've eased lockdown. Because obviously they're getting back to their kind of new normal a lot more quickly than we would. Um, we're just about to sign off a project with a huge business based in um, India. Or, I don't know, actually, no, the brands are in India, but I think the client is based in Malaysia. Um, so yeah, there are things happening and we found that quite a few like roster reviews and RFIs 
have been um, put on hold, but they're now starting to come in. So we've got two or three roster reviews coming up um, in the next two, two, three months. I think we've got four of those. Um, so I do, yeah, to, to everyone else's points, I do feel like things are picking up, but I feel like, yeah, not just having a, a nice conversation, but actually talking more about projects. And the kind of work that my agency is involved with, um, just in case, and no, well, I don't know who's, can't remember who's new and who, who was around last month, but we specialize in brand identity and innovation. So these are huge projects. Um, you know, we're talking in excess of 100K, 200K, that kind of level. Um, so we knew, we always knew that things were going to be put on hold and there'll be an element of just kind of waiting for the right time. Um, but the, the businesses that we want to work with are the big, the big people, the big businesses, big blue chips, I guess. So it is looking more promising. I don't know how anyone else has, if anyone else had a similar kind of experience to that. Just, just on that, Laura, has there been any kind of catalyst in terms of those decisions now being made and those things moving forward? Any, any pattern in why people are now saying, yeah, we can start investing again? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it varies from business to business. But what we did find out um, is that one of the businesses we're speaking to, a huge global uh, alcohol uh, company, uh, they were actually furloughing their marketing team and they were taking it in turns. They were doing monthly furloughs. And these are really senior kind of marketing director level people. Mm. Actually, decisions couldn't be made until everybody was back in the office. Um, so that's that's one of the one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Just having people back on behind the desk yeah yeah absolutely and you know i guess in some countries where people are allowed to go back into offices and things like that having that time i guess face to face to actually go right what are we doing about x project and how can we get moving with that so yeah, yeah. great I'm just hi guys I'm just, can i add a point to that laurie Hey Ben, you alright? Yeah, not too bad. Right, I, I missed the last month i didn't realize on but great to be here no, um, thanks for coming along I was dealing with a company today who are actually re-establishing their marketing budget for this year. So obviously you start the year with a 12-month budget. But what I'm seeing a lot of companies having to do is um, replan it for the next six months as things start to level out. So what I'm finding is those conversations are starting to move forward because they've now kind of got a budget or they're putting the next six-month budget together. So what we're talking to companies about is you know, what they need to be spending on, you know, ad spend or, you know, what they need to spend on a, a project project and things like that. So I guess that's some green shoot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be saying with you, Laurie, with you dealing with the, the bigger businesses, they might be, yeah, replying budgets for the next six months and what they look like. Yeah. Any other, uh, any other wins from anybody in, uh, in recent weeks and any other, um, I suppose reasons why they are beginning to see those brands or businesses spend again. Go on, Jack, and then uh, come to you, Tom, afterwards. Yeah, I think well, uh, this is uh, via my clients, so rather than me uh, directly, is uh, my client. Well, I have won some clients since uh, lockdown, which is good. But as far as the agencies I work with, one of them uh, specifically works with FMCG brands. They do a lot of sales promotion activities, so mostly like digital activation, driving in-store sales, so it's on pack promotions, that sort of thing. But it's the it's the digital promotion of those promotions yeah. uh, and um, uh, yeah and they've seen some really big briefs come through in the last few weeks like big global brands who were basically I mean it, it's a it's a nuance of that particular sector so it's only really relevant if you work with FMCG or grocery brands but you know massively cash rich because they've basically had Christmas week for the last eight weeks 
uh, you know, absolute record sales, massively, you know, reduced all of their marketing costs and people costs with all the following stuff they would have done. And now they're looking at second half of the year, you know, coming back with a bang, you know, so actually a lot of those grocery FMCG brands are, are, are lining up to have a bit of a bumper year marketing spend wise for the second half of the year. So, and that's reflected in this client who's got a laser focus on that space and they're seeing existing clients and new business being really, really active. But that's kind of only come back to life in the last sort of month or so. Um, so anyway, so yeah, anyone on the panel that's, uh, that works in that space, I think there's going to be a good, uh, good next quarter, next half year, potentially, yeah. assuming things do, you know, slowly kind of trickle back to some sort of semblance of normality. But um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Tom, I think you, uh, you threw your hand up. Hi, mate. I did. Hi, Ben. You're right. Um, yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, I run a search agency. Uh, we have been, yeah, been fortunate enough to pick up two or three, maybe four bits of work in the last month. Um, the majority of which are in industries haven't really been affected uh, by the coronavirus. Um, so accountancy and insurance. Um, so yeah, through more luck than judgment, uh, fortunately. Um, but we're still starting to see other clients who are coming back. Um, as Graham said, clients coming to us for advice about you know what they will need to spend uh, when they start ramping things up and what sort of budgets they'll need um, and how the market's changed uh, and we're finding it has changed in a lot of instances um, and then we've also got clients who haven't who are looking to spend more again in the variety of industries but those who see this very much as an opportunity they see their competitors pausing activity and therefore see this as an opportunity to get ahead and to to increase their competitive advantage over their competition um, which and that is all to do with the sort of mindset and the psyche of uh, of the clients uh, and I wish all clients were like that but um, you know ben, I've worked with Ben for quite a while on and off and you know we talked a lot about the sort of clients that you work with and the sort of clients that you want to attract and I really think that that has that has become more and more apparent through this than anything else. So at the, at the start, people that didn't particularly value what we did were very quick to cuss it just in case things got bad. Whereas those that really valued it were, were keen to sort of, you know, ride it out or, or increase their investment. So um, you know, more than ever, I think it's important to, you know, when you are winning new clients, still make sure they're the right clients uh, rather than just clients for clients' sake. Yeah. Absolutely. Has anybody else kind of, uh, sorry, Julia, go on. I won't ask that question. I'll let you uh, respond. Oh, first. No, I was only, I'm probably, uh, I've, I've seen from your post, Ben, I'm, I'm in a slightly different world in that I, um, I'm a business development consultant, but for people in the um, built environment. So I work with architects, engineers, project managers. So mm. the world that I'm in is all about um, property and construction. Um, and so I suppose there's the immediacy of me operating as a consultant in my own business. And I've uh, started with a new client who before I didn't have the time to work with. So, um, but, now, but now I do. And then I'm working with clients in, I suppose, uh, educating them around their business development activity for their, uh, for their own businesses. And I suppose I was interested in this from the point of view of a different creatives approach because in working with architects um, on their own business development plans so they're all uh, working in different sectors so although I'm in a bit of a, a different world in the respect of what they offer you know for years for example people have made good money in making in designing uh, food stores we went from 
designing you know massive food stores uh, and then in recent years that's come down to the convenience store and now the relevance of the sort of smaller format neighborhood stores that's all helped everybody survive over the past few weeks as well as the online side of things that have taken a massive shift so there's people who are working in the food industry and logistics and things like that that are winners the other alternative is people working in the officers sector, for example, that, you know, they're thinking, well, what's going to happen? Are we going to be going back to offices or not? What's the format? What's the hygiene implications? People in the hotel and hospitality sector have just completely shut down. So I've had a whole variety of, and I suppose I've been supporting them. So some have had projects that have gone on hold because of the delivery side of things. Some have had um, other things that have continued because the care and retirement sector, for example, so active that whatever happens, the demographics are saying that an aging population is going to need more special accommodations. So I suppose I've been helping people in getting really close to their markets, getting really close to their clients, keeping in contact. So even if the immediacy of projects haven't come to them, they are fully in tune and actually looking at how they can almost say to their clients where's the money going to be spent and how can i help you spend it in quite a controlled way um to uh you know to start edging projects forwards in a slow way around feasibility so i know it's a bit different in that in that respect but it's um just because when you refer to how when is the project going to come i think the time that projects and opportunities will come will obviously take a different amount of time depending on their world and their reality but part of it is being really close to that isn't it and being able yeah. to almost assist them in in the world that they're in so anyway, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree with that I think I think you know from my own from my own experience in recent weeks I think clients regardless of sector are, are probably looking for two things um, and if we go back a number of weeks ago it would have been help and support just to get through um, how how can we get through the next few weeks? For some, that would have been easier than others, to your point, Julia, depending on the sector. And then I think also, um, whether we have the answers or not, clients are looking for answers as to what do, what does the world look like on the other side? You know, how is this thing going to impact our business in the in the medium to long term? And of course, we're all we're all second guessing that. None of us really have the answers. I'm I, personally, I don't believe that the world is going to be. Uh, 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 that indifferent to where we were uh, pre-COVID-19. Of course, there'll be some changes, of course. Um, but I do believe that quite quickly, or as quickly as we are able, the world will begin to return to some kind of normality. And uh, people that are professing, there are going to be um, uh, huge changes to consumer behaviour, etc., etc., I'm not quite as bought in. I think we are pining to get back to some degree of normality and people will flood back to cinemas, pubs, the high street, etc. Um, pretty much as quickly as they can. Um, that's my view anyway. Uh, don't take that for gospel. But I think I think you're right, Julia. I think people initially needed that help to get through. Um, and now they're probably a little bit more forward facing and looking at ways in which they can um, uh, uh, cope and deal with whatever comes on the other side. Uh, we've got a new attendee, Adam. Adam, nice to meet you. Hi, Adam. Hello there. Sorry, I'm late, guys. That's all right. No worries. This is very much dropping in and out uh, as, yeah. you, uh, as you wish. Just to explain the format, very informal. Um, uh, the agenda is purely guided by uh, those in attendance and any questions or things that they want to share. Uh, we have been so far... Uh, 
mainly mainly talking about um, uh, whether things from a new business point of view are beginning to feel like they're returning to some kind of normal. Um, our clients starting to spend again, um, our pipelines beginning to replenish. The general mood uh, seems to be, or the general view is that um, uh, whilst we're nowhere near where we were in say, you know, December, January, uh, we are beginning to see a little bit more traction perhaps where uh, new business is concerned. Any, any view on that, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. Um... I mean, if, I mean, we represent um, around about 40 agencies of all different shapes and sizes. Uh, there are around about, what, 16 of us in the new business agency manifest. As I said, we work with around about 40 different agencies. And what we've seen is this. Um, in over the period December, January and February, we had an average conversion rate that is of people we marketing directors we speak to who want to engage with agencies we had an average conversion rate of around about 25 percent um from march from the middle of march until yesterday we've got a conversion rate of 35 percent mm, interesting right um they so are is that, is that, sorry is that, is that is that a call or an email so an introduction through to having a conversation yeah it's from it, it's from speaking to the decision maker yeah um through to that decision maker saying yes i want to speak to the agency that you're representing okay, okay. it's actually gone it's gone up from 25 percent to 35 percent okay um the reasons why marketing directors are meeting with more agencies now than before uh there's various different reasons number one is the fact that especially in March and April, they had more time. Mm -hmm. um, and what they were doing was an awful lot of them were reviewing, they were taking the time that they had because all of their projects had been put on hold. Um, so they were taking the time to actually start thinking about what they were going to be doing when all this, when we came, come out of this and reviewing whether or not they felt that the agency that they were currently working with was the one that was, was going to be best equipped to take them forward with the new direction they were going in. Another reason that's been cited that they are meeting with new agencies, um, and this is a little bit, this isn't, this isn't actually quite, this isn't very nice for us all, but it's got to be said, one of the reasons why they are meeting with new agencies is because they're a little bit concerned that some of the agencies that they're currently working with may not actually make it out the other side of this. Mm. Um, and so what they've been doing is they're starting to meet new agencies, not necessarily because they are actively thinking about changing their partner, but because of the fact that if their partner doesn't come out of this and they don't have a replacement already lined up, then they're going to look pretty bloody stupid. Hmm. Um, and so they're meeting with agencies to put, pull together a potential list of agencies who can take over in the event of their suppliers at the moment not coming out the other side. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that angle. We, we, we were talking about this last month and I, uh, I had spoken to a, a, another kind of business development agency a few weeks before um, and they'd reported similar things in terms of uh, getting through to marketing directors, they'd had a lot more success in doing that first and foremost. Yeah. And secondly, they'd also set up uh, more meetings. I think they said the conversion rate was either as good or better than the same period last year. So that 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 rings uh, quite similar. I hadn't considered the angle that um, clients may be um, uh, covering their asses basically just in case. <laughs> 
yeah. uh, existing supplies should not be there uh, on the other side. So that's that's an interesting angle. And out of interest, um, did you notice any particular patterns in in, in services? So. Uh, or the type of agencies where you were seeing perhaps more of this going on than than, than others. Yeah, um, the across well, uh, the, the the agencies the agency sectors that seem to be least affected have, has been public relations. Okay. Um, PR seems to be um, coping perfectly well. Mm. Um, advertising has been hit quite badly. Mm -hmm. uh, especially with quite a few clients saying that they decided to take it in-house for the time being. And I think by, the, um, it, by what we've all seen on TV, um, it's hardly surprising that they've decided to take it in-house. I don't think an awful lot of the work that's come out recently hasn't been terribly great. Mm -hmm. um, it's all been the same. It's all been you guys on here, except those guys speaking to us on screen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other area that seems to be quite a, a, lot, of, a lot of movement is the um, media agencies. Uh, CMOs have been quite interested in talking to new media agencies mm. um, and one of the other things that we have particularly noticed is the fact that smaller agencies uh, tend to be more favoured than the larger agencies at the moment by the CMOs that we're speaking with. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I think one of the reasons for that and one of the other things that has been mentioned by the CMOs we speak to is the fact that there has been a certain amount of frustration uh, amongst the people who deal with the agencies on a day-to-day -day basis uh, with the fact that their day-to-day -day contacts have been furloughed. Yeah. And that seems to be especially true with the larger agencies. Yeah. They seem to, yeah. they seem to have furloughed an awful lot of account managers. Yeah. Um, and the account managers are the actual people who have the day-to-day -day contact with the people who are actually responsible for implementing the marketing strategy at the client company, as opposed to influencing the strategy, which is obviously the CMO. Yeah. But the brand managers and the marketing managers haven't been able to speak to um, their usual contact at the agencies. So they've been a little bit disappointed by that. Mm, I'm not surprised. So, I mean, the, there's been a, arguably the, the, you know, the big global network agencies have been dying a slow death uh, anyway, in uh, in recent years, um, you know, is this is this the time when the smaller, more nimble, uh, smaller niche specialist agency really starts to to come into their own? Do we think? Go on, Jack, and then we'll come to Gareth. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I suppose there's a slight um, uh, uh, what's the word contradiction. I mean, obviously you're having the conversations, Adam. So it's, it's an interesting kind of di dilemma in what you just said, in the sense of people are. Uh, some clients are sort of de-risking by talking to other agencies. They're worried their agencies might be going under, uh, but surely it's the smaller agencies that are more at risk of going under than the larger ones. I mean, I, I predominantly work with small independents. So I'll bang the drum for small independents all day long, but yeah. I just think from a, from a client perception point of view, surely the smaller agencies are the ones that more, are more at risk given the current climate. You know, there are only a few, a few client calls away from potentially having to close the doors versus a big, you know, public you know plc who's you know got a lot of money and cash and runway uh, behind them so that's a that's a question back to you i guess and how, how you think that's affecting those kind of conversations but i've seen you ben uh, talk about this quite a lot publicly and i've heard a couple of my clients seeing this an increase in in speculative kind of tire kicking calls with clients who you know clearly aren't going anywhere you know they, they want to they want they may want a, a proposal or credentials or whatever but actually it's not really there's no real project there and I guess maybe that's driven by what you said, Adam, in the sense of 
just they're just kind of spreading their spreading their bets a little bit. They want to have conversations. They want to kind of feel up fill the market a little bit. They want to have some sort of backup plans. They're not really interested in working with you. They just want to hear. And I don't know. Maybe that's what's driving that. Because I know you've seen you Ben talk about that kind of rise in spec brief. So maybe that's partly what's driving that. But I don't know. It'd be interesting that question about to you, Adam. That point of like the the slight. Um, yeah, the, the discrepancy between uh, wanting to talk to smaller agencies but wanting to de-risk because they see the agencies maybe going under. Maybe it's the um, 25% want to de-risk and 25% want to speak to the smaller agencies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, it's, not, how, how, it's not necessarily the, the same. This that, that is not necessarily the same CMO who's citing the two the two things as being the reason why they're talking to agencies. It's different reasons yeah. for different people. Yeah. Um, I have an interest, Adam. How um, how open um, are either you or the or the client with respect to when they are approaching those agencies to say, you know, to be quite honest, we are with an agency. We're not necessarily looking to change right now, but we are exploring the market for a time in which we might need to. Is is that is that approach? Um, is it very open in terms of their intentions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we make well. Yeah, it's, this isn't a, a platform for me, obviously, but. Um, we, we make sure that we understand the reason why the client is actually meeting with the agency. Yeah. Um, and if it's just pure, as, as Jack was saying, if it's a tire kicking exercise, then fine. It's, it doesn't, it, it, depend, it, it, it depends on the agency, the amount of effort that they need once put into it. Mm -hmm. But if what you're doing is you're jumping on a quick 30 minute, 30 minute Zoom call, um, with a client who's currently spending what three quarters of a million pounds a year with an agency quite similar to you, who they're quite happy with, but they want to find out more about you, and it is literally just jumping on a quick thirty-minute Zoom call. Mm. What is this? I can't see any problem with that. Um, you know, it's not it's not as though you're you know like in the you know, pre-COVID days of jumping in your car and driving all the way to Manchester to see someone for half an hour and then meeting at the reception and then saying, sorry, I've been called into a meeting, but you can see my assistant for 10 minutes in the cafe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So it's not like that these days, which is, uh, which is another interesting thing. Yeah. Um, this is also talking to my team. Um, one of the feelings that they get is that the reason why CMOs are more willing to talk to agencies now is because of the fact that because it is literally just, hey, let's jump on a 30 minute Zoom call. There's no, there's no, it's not as much, they're not, there's not as much commitment from the CMO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so therefore they are more likely to, to, to agree to it. Whether that in the long run is going to mean that there's a dip in the conversion rates don't know yet it's too early to say i will probably say possibly um you know historically we've always thought that around about uh, th about one in three of the meetings that we arrange will end up in our clients actually pitching for a piece of business i wouldn't be surprised if because our conversion rate has gone up to 35 percent if that rate actually drops down to more like maybe 20 or 25 percent mm. it, it wouldn't surprise me at all it's a little bit early to say yet yeah. um because obviously yeah. because of the sales cycle but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me yeah i think i think i can certainly speak for myself i think we've all been having many more conversations in recent weeks and months than otherwise we might normally do i know that i've reached out to, to dozens of people that i may not have spoken to for too long or mm. um, agencies i may have had a chat with a couple of times to re-engage them just first and foremost to check they're okay and um 
and they're still there. Um, and again, it's in a very non-pitchy kind of way. That's not my style anyway, and I don't think it's how uh, business development uh, should be done in this day and age. But I think people are generally more open to a conversation than perhaps they would have been, say, you know, November, December time. As long as there is a good, in principle, a good fit between agency and client. I still think that's an important consideration. There needs to be a reason why, but in assuming, assuming that on paper, there looks like to be a good fit, then I certainly know that the people I've spoken to have had more conversations in recent months than they probably have at any other time. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to chip in, just going to chip yeah. in and just wonder whether, I think one of the complaints that we do get when we're sort of winning work from some of these larger global agencies is that they, you know, CMOs or the point of contact is fed up of the constant change of point of contact. And I, I wonder whether with the government furlough scheme, whether these larger organisations have just been a bit more brutal and used it as a cost-saving exercise for them. They've gone, look, let's just furlough a bunch of staff. We're used to high staff turnover um, and use that as a cost-saving exercise when some of our independent agencies like ourselves can be nimble. Sort of one of the things that we did when this first happened was our account management team emailed all of our clients and explained our exact financial position that we were fine, we will be fine, we will come through the other side of this. They don't need to worry. It was almost like the day one kind of thing, okay. um, and that that came, that was obviously just um, putting confidence in our clients. And then, as Adam has, has mentioned, some agencies have, have struggled with that, or that's why CMOs are talking to new people. Um, and that kind of approach then, being nimble, being helpful, and maybe even changing your offering slightly just to make sure that you can support them through this. Um, and that's probably where us independent agencies can have that. From a relationship standpoint, um, we can sort of turn those things around. Um, and I, I, again, this more it probably means it's more important to do that going forward throughout this, when this crisis is kind of over and like it, it goes down well. So why change that as a practice? Yeah, yeah. I like, I, like, I like the approach of being that open with your clients where you'd actually share the, the financial position. Um, yeah, our, our MD was just like, look, look, just tell them. Tell them yeah. where we are. We've, we've got the finances. Um, you know, we were, he, we were even offering extended payment terms and things like that just to help people out. Yeah. So we, we, we want to look after you type of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was unique for us. And in terms of our clients, you know, we didn't have any clients really in industries that were hit hard. Yeah. So we didn't have any cancellations or anything like that. And we were lucky that we didn't have to furlough any staff or anything. Like that. So just like, you know, it, it, it's just industries are hit and different ages have different clients. And it, just, it meant that we weren't that affected, but it was a nice approach. Um, and also um, we used it as an approach. We had a couple of sort of proposals that we were working through um, and using it as that as well as saying, like, I know you're talking to agencies and you're looking at um, maybe moving from your incumbents. And again, using that as a bit of a confidence booster that, you know, we, if you choose us, because I think that's the side of it, where people were reluctant to move agencies because, you know, they're scared of moving away from what they've got. Um, and using that as a tool to be like, well, if you do move to us, we're not going to be disappearing um, anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I've been using lately is when I'm speaking to CMOs is really asking them the question is what would make you stay? Um, and using that as... Um, part of our qualifying technique is you know if we go away and plow 30 hours of work into putting a proposal together for you but the incumbent are part of the pitch process if you're telling us as they're going to be um if they come back a half the price that we pitch will you just go with them anyway mm. um and that question of like what will make you stay um is really helping us with our process with our qualifying because mm. um if they do turn around and say well yeah if they come back cheaper we'd stay then do we bother even going through the whole process anyway 
you're really, you're really, you're really trying to uncover and understand what they value, aren't they? And if they're absolutely yeah. price driven, if they're after the kind of commodity sale, you know, then arguably they're not the right client anyway. But um, I, I think that type of question really does work to try and understand what they what they value and um, and their decision making criteria. Yes, it's a nice it's just a nice approach, and it just helps you because you get excited about compliance, or you get excited about. Um, a new prospect coming in and you just you all you want to do is you know go off and do your research and give them a nothing and dancing proposal but if the incumbent are involved and you know there is something that will make them stay uncovering that before you go through all that work i find i we've found is really really helpful yeah yeah definitely um, i'm just going to take the conversation back a, a little bit because everybody always wants to talk about lead generation how you know how, how do we get more leads uh in good times and bad times or in different times uh, it's, it's always the first question that I'm certainly asked anyway. Out of interest, is anybody, particularly with, uh, you know, we talked about the fact earlier, you know, events, conferences, networking events, all of that type of thing have been off the radar for what, three, four months now. I can't see them coming back anytime soon. So for agencies that have been particularly reliant on those types of activities, inevitably they are having to pivot. That is definitely the buzzword for the last three months um and find new ways of uh, of ultimately uh, generating interest building relationships and, and filling that pipeline out of interest um have any of you guys um done anything new or different um compared to say three or four months ago um and has that thing been working for you or are you willing to kind of share some of those insights with the rest of the group i will if you want um, not from an agency perspective, but from a new business agency perspective. Mm. Um, I've done, uh, I've spent what, about, about three and a half thousand pounds on LinkedIn advertising. Okay. Um, and I've and from that, I've got around about 150, um, new business leads and have converted around about what from the LinkedIn advertising, I've converted 10 new clients. Okay. Not uh, and I've never tried LinkedIn advertising before. It's been it's 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 been a real eye opener actually. Okay. Um, I've certainly pulled all my Google ad spend uh, and put it into LinkedIn. What was the specific method out of interest? Because I know there's a, a range of different advertising options uh, across LinkedIn. Yeah, sponsored feed. Okay. okay. Yeah. So is that uh, is that just is that just getting content into the feed in front of the right people? Yeah, it's it's all about the targeting. It really yeah. is. It, it, it's you know you can talk, you know you know for me specifically you know it's like um I've been able to target managing directors, chief executives, and new business directors of creative advertising and PR agencies. Mm. Um, and on top of that, well, something I didn't know you could do is that you can upload your database of email addresses, and they will find those people in LinkedIn and specifically make sure that your advert actually goes into their feed. Yeah. Um, so if you've got a new business database with that information in it, I didn't know, but you can actually get ads put into the feed via LinkedIn, mm. yeah. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a real eye opener. Mm. Great. Mm. How have you, um, how have you found that in terms of, cause like LinkedIn is usually, well, it is a far more expensive platform versus Google. What have you terms? what have you found that in terms of like your CPA and things? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it, Sorry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the, uh, the 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 cost per the cost per lead is which are the the cost per the cost the cost per click is coming in at around about seven pound fifty. 
um, whereas Google AdWords was coming in at around about five pounds fifty. Uh, but the quality, the quality, yeah. is just ten times as good using LinkedIn. But that's because I'm B two B, and I know exactly who my target market is. Yeah. You know, it, it's very it's very simple for me. You're an advertising agency, you're a PR firm, you're a digital agency, you're the managing director, chief executive, or the new business person. Yeah. And that's those, those are the only people I want to target. Um, so so LinkedIn's the right thing for me. Yeah. Great. Okay. Adam, what type of um, content are you putting out there then? Um, we did some, oh, just various different things. It's been uh, offers, but also when it all started, we did a, um, a, a sort of like, I think it's about eight page or 10 page booklet that we put together on how agencies should do um, prospecting during the lockdown. Uh, you know, so sort of a how-to guide uh, to prospecting in the lockdown. That got a lot of, um, lot of interest, but then just sort of various different offers. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. Any, any, anybody else had to change tack, change approach um, with regards to their, their lead generation efforts at the moment? I would say more doubling down on what we've been doing in the past is more is what I would say is, you know, one of our um, greatest uh, tools is referral partners. Um, you know, I've got an entire list of agencies that I'm very friendly with and work well with and um, sort of pitching together, winning work together, referring work back and forth and looking after each other that way. Yeah. So like on the flip on, you know, on that, on that note, if there is anyone in the room that isn't an SEO or PPC or search agency, <laughs> I, within you, I can see, um, but if there is anybody that doesn't do those things that we do, if you're a creative agency or PR or traditional and you want to have a bit of a chat with me, it'd be great to let me know. Cause that is just one of the best things that we've ever done. It's just build up an agency network of people that we trust, people that we like, we're happy to refer to and doubling down on that. And I think what happened at the beginning of lockdown was people had more time particularly in business development, like our leads just all went, man, all just went out the window. So we had more time to build up that referral partner that we can have a bit of a chat, conversations that, you know, we wouldn't have had before. So sort of yeah. doubling down on that has been fruitful. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good point, Gareth. I, um, I've, I've had more uh, hot, hot dinners or fewer hot dinners than the times I've, I've heard an agency owner say, um, we're trying to grow, but we are 100% reliant on referrals. Um, and furthermore, we don't actively do anything proactive to build those referrals. We just kind of see what happens coming through the front door. Um, and um, it makes my head explode because it's no way to grow an agency. Um, referrals are great. We all know they're great. They convert better. Um, and um, uh, the problem with them, though, is they tend to be quite sporadic in terms of volume um, and also in terms of quality as well. So whatever you can do to take a more proactive approach to building that referral network, both via your existing clients um, and also via a partnership network. Um, I think you should be doing that during normal times. But again, I think at the moment, we are seeing perhaps greater camaraderie, greater collaboration between agencies. And I think again, rather like, you know, marketing directors are probably more open to a conversation at the moment. I think you would probably find that most of your clients and, and, and certainly other agencies or strategic alliances, partnerships, they would also be more open to those kind of conversations as well. So if that's something you're not doing, um, I would get right back to, uh, to looking at that partnership network and looking at how you can build that up. We yeah, actually... I would definitely, I think, oh, go on, sorry, Ryan. I was just gonna say that, that, like I've taken up a bit more of like an account director role 
um, and just speaking to our account management team and just chatting to clients and just asking them, who are your agencies? Who do you work yeah. with? And, yeah. they, and then get your client to introduce your, you to them agencies because then that's not cold, that's warmer. Yeah. And yeah. then you just continue to build your referral and just have conversations with these people. And if it's just a conversation, nothing might come of it, but six months down the line, they might get a brief land on their desk, which is perfect for you and them. And yeah. next thing you know, you're winning some work together. So sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. Yeah, no problem. I think, I think it happens on these calls anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I think we, before everything, before the lockdown kind of came in and before the whole COVID was a situation, um, we were quite working quite hard on our, um, on our kind of agency partnerships, referral kind of program um, before this. And we've had some quite, quite some good um uh, we've, we've run a few projects off the back of that really work with other people they're using our skills we're using them we're both kind of selling into the client together and it's uh, it, it is working really well um so yeah i just wanted to just wanted to build on that really good good uh brian i think you yes there you go hand went up yeah kind of to follow on uh, from uh, gareth and indeed uh, ryan uh, and I suspect because we're kind of a fairly new founded agency, uh, as you well know, Ben, um, we've uh, kind of found it um, right from the get-go, uh, very important to kind of build alliances uh, with other agencies. Uh, uh, first and foremost, because um, by the very nature of the beast, albeit we're a fully integrated agency, we certainly don't cover everything in-house. You know, you would need to have an agency the size of Asarches to, to do that. Uh, but um, certainly, uh, based up in Manchester, uh, we're certainly able to kind of find these kind of strong alliances. And uh, I think that's a really good way forward. I think more and more agencies are certainly looking for these partnerships. Mm. And I think based on uh, the shared experience that we're all now having in terms of lockdown and all that kind of stuff, there's much more appetite and much more openness. Because I think in the past, from my own experience of kind of having run an agency uh, before, before we started this startup, um, there was always a slightly kind of um, not knowing who's the lead agency, um, whom, whom do we share with what work and all of that kind of stuff. So you almost ended up kind of treading on each, other's, on each other's toes if you weren't careful, albeit you had no kind of real, um, I guess, ambition to do that. But I think there is now much more openness about, you know, certainly, for example, with Gareth's organisation, we don't do SEO at all. And uh, albeit we know that SEO is a very, very important um, uh, dynamic in terms of website, um, on-site content, off-site content, driving leads and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, clearly, I think for, for those of us that kind of have a space whereby we can introduce um, other partner agencies or work with other partner agencies is very, very important. And I think as well that, as I was saying, I think the... Um, the environment is better now as well, whereby we're not kind of trying to understand, well, we are trying to understand, you know, without kind of, we are trying to understand how not to tread on each other's toes. Mm -hmm. um, whilst in the past, it was all a little bit, sometimes it could have been a little bit uh, kind of um, keeping stuff close to your chest. And therefore, the agencies all became slightly suspicious of each other sometimes, uh, because by the very nature of the beast, you know, we are all wanting to win work. But I think there is much more of a collaborative approach moving forward. So um, 
Mm. I'd like to kind of just share that in terms of our own limited experience of the last 12 months, uh, kind of building our relationships with other organisations. Good, good. What other, what other um, uh, obviously those first few weeks were very much firefighting um, and it was, um, it was pretty much all doom and gloom and let's just see if we can get through this. But I think, I think inevitably there are going to be uh, some positive changes that, that, that kind of come out of this. From a, from a business development, uh, from, from a broader agency point of view, um, what, what, what do we think things are going to look like over the coming months? What, what positive changes have you already experienced and seen? Uh, and what more do you, do you expect to see further down the line? Anyone want to throw, throw some thoughts into the ring? I will if you want. I just, I, I just, the, the, the ease of having meetings with clients is just now that we're all used to using Zoom or yeah. Google Hangouts or Teams or whatever. Um, it's been a real eye opener, I think, for an awful lot of agencies and an awful lot of clients. Um, and I think a lot of people beforehand were worried about the fact that you know there wouldn't be the same sort of personal touch, um, and that is true, mm. but. I think that the amount of time that's being saved uh, through doing initial uh, sort of fact finding and chemistry meetings via Zoom, as opposed to jumping in the car or on the train and traveling two and a half hours or whatever, mm. I think it's an absolute godsend, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and there's a really interesting conversation that one of my team told me about the other day. Um, when she said it, a, a few other people chipped in as well, um, was that when she was speaking to, us, to a marketing director, the marketing director talked about the fact that even though it had become increasingly apparent because of all of this, that, that they didn't actually need a local agency, the agency could be based anywhere, there was actually a feeling within the business that they wanted to carry on using local agencies and maybe even start using local agencies more than they had been beforehand. Um, because they said that they, they, they in the business they seem to they they sensed a feeling of community more than they had done beforehand. Um, someone actually mentioned about the fact that um, the person who works at the agency may well be one of the people on their street who's been out at eight o'clock at night on a Thursday, clapping the NHS along with along with them, uh, and they didn't know them, but they said that they they felt that they should start supporting their local agencies more than they had even thought about it beforehand, which I thought was quite an interesting insight. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Adam. Uh, any, I think, any... I, can I ask you a quick question then, on the back of that? Um, just a general thing for everybody. is that We're based in Cardiff and loads of our clients are in London. And I spend my entire time going up and down the M4. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of it, like I love meeting people and being in front of people and you can't replace that. However, what's everyone's kind of thoughts on changing that approach? Like once, things, once you can travel and once you can go and visit people, will you go back to that old way or will you do more of this? Um, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I think once the opportunity is available for me to be, because I'm in Wales, we're still in a bit more lockdown than England. I almost feel like the opportunity when I can get out of Wales <laughs> and go see people, I don't know whether I'll do more of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in between. I'm in between. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, if, 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 if I can answer that question, I think it will probably fall somewhere in the middle. I, I, I commented on somebody's post um, on LinkedIn earlier about, um, uh, you know, will the agency office close for good? And again, I think it will fall somewhere in the middle. I do think people will inevitably work from home more frequently. I think it's probably accelerated 
the trend towards flexible stroke home working. And I think the same will be similar with, with regards to travel. Um, I think you will never be able to replace uh, the, the pitch meeting. I think at some yeah. stage during the course of the process, right. you have to go and be in the same room with somebody, meet them face to face um, and all the various benefits that that can bring, both from your point of view, but also from the client's point of view. And it works both ways. They'll want to come and see you in your office and, and you'll want to go and see them. So I still think certainly when it comes to pitching, um, uh, we are getting by with the virtual pitch at the moment. It will never replace being in the same room. But I do think, I mean, taking Adam's point, I do think that, you know, that initial half an hour meet and greet, why would you travel two and a half hours, three hours down the M4 into London when actually let's jump on a quick call now just to get to know one another. If there's something more in it, then let's maybe get to get together face to face after that. So I, I agree with that. I think it's a really good thing. I mean, it, the, the, the benefits are numerous, you know, not, not, not to mention things like the environment and so on as well, that there will just be less travel. Uh, we can spend a bit more time at home with our families and our kids rather than traipsing up and down uh, motorways and trains. Although ironically, at the moment, the trains are running absolutely to time uh, <laughs> for the first time when there's nobody actually on them. Uh, so uh, a slight irony there. But but yeah, that's that's my personal take. I think with all of these things, it's going to end up landing somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not going to be one extreme or another. It will it will be somewhere in between. Any anybody else? Any 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 thoughts on that? Are we are we relishing in less travel at the moment? Do we miss traveling? Do we want to get back uh, in in our cars and on the trains? Saved us a fortune. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't miss I don't miss going to London and then getting back to Cardiff for like eleven p.m. at night. <laughs> um, not one bit, but um, there is an element. I mean, it does miss um, being in and around people. I. I Say this loads of times, but I, I worked for a remote agency for four years and joined Liberty Marketing a year ago to get back in and around people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then this happens. <laughs> and I think I think I, think I, that's... I, Sorry, I was going to say that uh, you know for for my clients uh, that work in the built environment, there's an expectation not only to be uh, at, with their clients, but also to be out looking at projects all the time and on site and all, all different things like that. And I think that, as you say, they uh, have been reviewing how this really works for them in some instances and doesn't in others. And I think there'll be a rebalancing of their time where they really decide. And, and for me, uh, who already knows my clients really well already, this has made it so much easier to actually be a greater part of their regular life without having to wait for those big meetings that involve my travel backwards and forwards to London and all over the country. I just think that, that there's going to be that balance, isn't it? It's great to have networking events and to meet with people and to really uh, chat generally and feel you connect with people. But then equally, the frustrations of driving or being on a train for two hours for a meeting that only takes half an hour. I think it, it, reflecting back on what you were saying, Ben, about you know working for the clients we want to work with as well and things like that, I think it focuses everybody's time and energy on really what the outcomes on that are going to be and if that's really worthy of people's time and I think equally clients expectations won't be as great in the respect because they will have been doing the same thing I think it's a, a recheck on actually thinking maybe I was expecting people too much to expect to meet me on site in Newcastle you know at 10 o'clock in the morning to trudge around the site for half an hour when the reality is I could have gone there of actually 
recorded it as I walked around and showed them the sites and pointed out the various things that were, you know, people are finding different solutions now. And I think there'll be a lot to be said. And yeah, it'd be great to go back to the social stuff as well. But I think we'll make it fit in a more selective and have gained lots of time in other ways. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, go on, Jack. Yeah, well, I was just—I think times the times the, the the word there, Gina, isn't it? Because I think everyone's finding actually, you know, it, I'm based in Bristol, so you know, similar to Gareth in the sense of tra traveling up to London, and you know, often you might go up for one or two meetings, uh, dare I say, and it's like it's a lot of travel just for a short amount of time, and obviously you can have the phone call on the train and stuff. But I was never a massive fan of doing that, mainly because the signal's rubbish, and end up just having those horrible conversations where you can't hear anybody. Um, so as a, but I can cram in now like four or five meetings very easy in a day, you know, uh, very productive meetings with people all over the country, internationally sometimes. Great, you know, uh, to, to have that volume of opportunities and meetings to have in a day now is, is unprecedented, really. So the time I have now to spend on those conversations and meetings yeah. Great. So it'd yeah. be, if anything, a challenge to like, well, actually, what do I do? Do I try and do I go and say fake, see face to face? Do I just stick to my guns and stay at home and, and try and get more in doing it remotely? Uh, but mm -hmm. certainly since lockdown, I've been way more productive in that sense because, uh, yeah, I'm not spending loads of dead time basically either sat in a car or on a train where obviously you can, you can be productive, you can do work, but the actual face to face meeting bit is, is the smallest bit of your day. Um, so yeah, I'm getting cramming much more in from that point of view, which is which has been great. Um, whether that will be <laughs> changed or not, the other thing is I work at client offices quite a lot, and I think that's probably my my sort of uh, uh, you know probably un, uh, implicit need to do that is probably gone away. You know, I used to sort of feel obliged to go and spend time in my client offices. It's not that I won't do that anymore, but I don't have to be in there every week. I don't have to have like a regular kind of nine to five gig there. I can check in and check out, do half days, work from home, whatever, because that's been proven that that's perfectly viable as well. So if anything, it's freaking up a bit more to be a bit more flexible about where I work and how I work, which is which has been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you uh, are you zoomed out? Come the end of those four or five, six uh, Zoom calls in a the day. There's all this. Uh, there's all these articles I've been reading about people being uh, Zoom fatigue, and it's a real thing apparently oh yeah well i think it's the same as i don't know about anyone else if anyone's ever done many like sort of conferences and networking as part of their job you know you get to the end of a day and you haven't kind of physically done you know you compare it to somebody's worked in a building site all day and you kind of it's sort of you, you know you laugh really but just being at a networking event or being being on you know being sort of socially on and, and you know being kind of uh, presenting yourself in that way even if you're not physically on stage is tiring but yeah. you know you get to the end of the day but, and you're just knackered aren't you from that even just <laughs> a long networking uh, it's emotionally tiring which becomes physically tiring so now i think yeah back to back zoom calls there's a lot of evidence to show you got to work that much harder to read social cues and body language and etc etc so yeah i did two uh, what they call power panels for the natwest accelerator program today uh, so i chaired two of them and two in a day one in a day is hard and you know so it, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised i'm still awake to be honest but they are <laughs> intense so you're kind of power power panel like you know kind of uh, mentoring of these businesses uh, is quite intense, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. I don't, you know, yeah. can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't enjoying it. Absolutely, good stuff. Um, anybody else have any other? I mean, come, coming along today, I sent an email. I said, you know, any any kind of questions, anything on your mind, anything you want to kind of particularly cover off or share with the group. Um, Please bring that along. Is is there anything uh, that, that that people had in mind that we haven't yet um, had a had a chance to discuss? Any burning questions? Go on, Graf, and then we'll come to you, Louis. 
Yeah, so for me, I guess, um, I had a good, great pipeline before we headed into coronavirus. And that's great, you know, building relationships, staying in contact with them, and, and that's fine. But I'm really struggling to to what to say to people for connecting with them for the first time. So, you know, I've identified the business I'd like to work with, you know, find the right person on LinkedIn. I just don't know what my opener should be. You know, it's kind of, I know the traditional thing is you've got to add a lot of value before you expect something back. But yeah, I've kind of got this mental block on, mm-hmm. on how to approach someone cold at the moment. You sound like you might have something to offer there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose the point, the first point would be, and um, I hope everyone takes this in the, in the way I'm meaning it. Um, clients don't give a damn about your proposition. Point number one, uh, they don't care. Um, what they, what you should do, is think about the three pain points that your that all of your prospects are likely to have. Three pain points, and then go in there. And if you are selling in the right way, you can get a really well-qualified meeting with a decision maker, with a budget, without mentioning who you are, what you do, who you work for, or your agency name, just by using three pain points. So you'd phone them up and just think, hi, John, we're often called in by CMOs who are frustrated by the lack of whatever I'm getting, they're getting from their current agency. Many of them are... Um, annoyed that they're getting a worse return on their investment than they thought they were going to get, whilst others are uh, confused by the fact that they're getting uh, a high turnover of staff when they were promised they weren't going to be getting it. Do any of those ring true to you? And then the person you teach to usually says, well, actually, um, yeah, such and such, that, that kind of rings true with me. Then you can start a conversation. Um, and then you can say, right, okay, well, that sounds really interesting. Maybe we should actually get together on a quick Zoom call to explore this a little bit further. I'm not promising you that we've got the answer, but we may well be able to help you. Yeah. So rather than trying to second guess, I mean, this, this whole thing, I know a lot of people say you've got to do loads of research before picking up the telephone or, be, or before approaching a prospect. I say the more research you do, quite frankly, it can actually sometimes be quite damaging. Um, go in there with an open mind but have an idea of what the pain points are and put those pain points to the person and say, I understand that these might be things that you're concerned about. Many of our clients, have you ever heard of, of a, um, a, a sales technique called uh, feel felt found? Yeah, yeah. basically you say many, um, I, I understand exactly how you feel, John. Many of our clients felt the same way. They found that by having used us, they got a solution to their problem. Feel yeah. felt found. Um, so identify the pain points and then use feel felt found in order to turn the person around to get them to the stage where they actually want to find out whether or not you can actually satisfy the pain points that they've got. Okay, thanks. It's all right. Thanks, Adam. I better rethink that article I was going to publish tomorrow about the importance of researching prospects <laughs> before you make contact with them. <laughs> Literally, got it my opinion, ready to go. Many, many people think the complete opposite, and that's absolutely fine. We're all, yeah. you know, we're, we're all entitled. We're all entitled to our own opinion. I think. I think. I think the key point is with with any of this stuff, there is no silver bullet, is there? You no, know, what works for one person or what works for one industry or sector uh, may not work for another. And indeed, there is no one single answer to to the question of how do you, first and foremost, how do you generate leads, but more broadly, how do you actually approach people from cold? 
there are probably a million different techniques and to varying degrees they will work. And I think the problem we often have with agencies and business development is they're always seeking out the one true way, the one way in which uh, we need to approach things. And reality is there, there isn't one. Um, it's, it's, it's about finding the right blend, the right mix. Um, I certainly think there are certain rules of the game to play and I think adding value and, and I, I fully agree that a proposition you're going to with somebody initially is very much focused on, on problem solving. Um, it's not about this is our agency, this is how many awards we've won, this is how brilliant we are because nobody gives a shit. Um, <laughs> the people that are throwing cred stacks out there, nobody cares. They get binned faster than you can... Uh, uh, the new compressed sense. So I, I fully agree. It's about going to people and demonstrating that you understand the types of challenges they are probably facing. Um, and you are far more likely to get a response and a reply and, and an opportunity to have a further conversation, which with that first email, Graham, that's all you're looking to do. You're yeah. not looking to sell anything at all. All you're looking to do is sell the next stage, which is to hopefully encourage them into a conversation. And even when you have the conversation, you're still not selling, you're asking dozens and dozens of questions which in itself demonstrates um uh, uh demonstrates expertise more so than those big grand statements about how great you are of which i know you are but mm -hmm. that showmanship bit comes further down the line for me yeah, yeah. i mean i guess the only thing i'm going to do differently or i'm going to start on this week next week i'm actually going to identify they've got a need first from an seo perspective you know their their ranking has dropped because of a recent Google algorithm update, you know, we can identify that and I'll then kind of approach them knowing they might have a need as opposed to just, you know, so I'm going to do a bit more research, maybe not as much as Ben would like or a little bit more than that, <laughs> I guess. But um, so I know at least they've got a need there because the, the struggling from an SEO perspective yeah. is, is going yeah. to be my approach. So I might hit them at the right time then. Yeah. The, 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 approach, the, the approach to research that I suggest is not, is not just about the initial approach. It's also about and understanding that if you were to, let, let's say you were to smash out a hundred really well-tailored emails tomorrow, um, the, the, if you got 10 or 20% response rate, most people would probably say that's pretty good. So 80% of those people aren't gonna reply. So what do you do, give up and go, oh well, 80, 80 people didn't reply, so we'll just move on to the next batch of 100. My recommendations around research is you've gotta keep an eye on those companies. Just because they didn't reply that time, it doesn't necessarily mean they're never going to reply or they're not right for you. If you are absolutely convinced that they fit your profile and in some way or another you can help them and you're the right partner, then you're going to have to nurture that over time. And one way of doing that is to keep an eye on what is happening within that business and what's happening with that individual. Um, it's the classic kind of trigger event thing that if something changes, if they take on investment or launch a new product or somebody new comes into the marketing team, that can often be quite a timely and relevant reason to reach out. So for me, research is not necessarily about doing a whole load of work up front. It's also about how do you keep an eye on that company so that there may be an opportune time to uh, approach them in the future. Uh, go on, Brian, and then we'll come to Laurie. I think I saw a hand waving over the right-hand side of my, my screen. Were you first, Laurie? Is Laurie first? Oh, go on, Laurie. I know, it's only, it's only a super quick um, thing just about research. One uh, really good tip for you, Graham, might be something I'd, I just do regularly anyway, is um, have a look at news articles. And quite often these senior decision makers are making quite big statements in the press about their 
marketing strategies or brand plans or something about brand purpose or whatever it might be, you can actually use that as your opening line. Oh, I read an article, your recent article for Marketing Week, found it really super interesting. Yeah. Great that you landed these points. Actually, this is what we do. And I think we could have a conversation of, you know, obviously a bit more intelligent than that. But yeah. I just think it's quite, it's quite easy to just find something online about these people that we're approaching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, yeah there's, there's, there's tools to help with that or there's just, you know, good old Google. Go yeah. to Google, searching the company name, having a look at the news section, having a look at what press they put out. Um, you'll be amazed how quickly you can suddenly find an angle which is different to the, hi, it's us, we're a brilliant agency. Uh, you've got to make it about them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be about them. And if you can show you've done a bit of homework beforehand, um, all the better. Uh, Brian. Yeah, just to kind of uh, help um, Graham and also to add to Laurie, um, uh, the other area to kind of really find some kind of uh, kind of quite personal insights because it's all about the person that you're trying to engage with. Uh, I would say LinkedIn. So therefore, uh, yeah, there might be these kind of big headline statements kind of done in the kind of main press, but I would say a lot of the insight building can be done around LinkedIn. Mm. So we're a, um, a dedicated B2B agency and we use LinkedIn absolutely religiously to build insights and to build a persona around uh, the people that we're trying to engage with. Mm. Because then rather than email as well, and I think the jury's out whether or not it should be a, a, a direct um, message via email, we're finding it's much more engaging and actually engaging with them on, on, on LinkedIn. It just appears to be kind of less formal. So therefore, that might be something for you to think about, Graham, uh, in terms of trialling both ways round, maybe. Um, so yeah, that's just, it's just an opinion. As Ben said, there's probably a number of different ways yeah. But just just to add to that initially you may not reach out at all just by following you know following yeah. prospects on linkedin following people uh yeah. people have varying views on you know do, do you seek to connect with somebody before you've even had uh, a conversation with them you could argue the toss either way but i think even just by following companies yeah. following the right people start yeah, to right. fill your feed up with yeah. the types of brands and people you look to engage with then it might be you start commenting on stuff you might share share an article, uh, you know, that type of thing. The beauty of the way in which we approach business development these days, there's so many touch points compared to maybe 20, 25 years ago when it was basically, you know, sat on the desk with a phone and, uh, and, and the yellow pages that you can build relationships without necessarily having to be direct initially if you don't quite feel it's appropriate to do so. But you could certainly start to put yourself on their radar so when you do make that approach later on, oh, who's this Graham chat? Oh, yeah, he, he posted something on my on my LinkedIn the other day. So, you know, don't don't feel like if you can't find a valid reason to engage at that particular point that you have to do it. There are there are other means by which you can engage that aren't necessarily quite as direct. Thank you. Um, Louis, I'm going to come to you because you were waving a hand. I'm not sure whether that point has passed, um, but was there a, a question or something you wanted to raise? I think it's mostly been covered, but basically I'm, I only started during the furlough period um, in a digital marketing agency. Before that, I was just pure sales for sort of construction and lighting. So I've been having to build my network from complete scratch, not knowing anyone, not knowing any details, and then trying to find cold leads. And I just didn't know if there was a way that anyone else was doing it apart from sort of identifying leads, going through LinkedIn, 
going through the customers, seeing where the trends were and what you could offer. Because even though the company I work for was doing well and they brought up a lot of new business during this time, I'm still finding it a little bit difficult not being fully integrated because my first day back in, in the office completely is tomorrow about how exactly to build that brand identity with the company you're working for and impart that on sort of the people you're trying to talk to, the customers that you want to target and speak with. Mm. It's, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Louis, it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be a slow burn. Um, the, the, the biggest mistake I see agency owners make when they're bringing in a BDM is, um, uh, is not giving them enough time. Um, and often when a BDM comes into an agency, there isn't necessarily a lot of the structure. Sometimes there's not even a CRM, for goodness sake. And as well as being expected to go out and start selling, they've also got to effectively build the sales function from the ground up. I'm not suggesting that with, with, with Honcho, who I know uh, from what I've seen across LinkedIn and, and so on are doing very well, I'm not suggesting you're in that position. But um, I, th I think from your MD's point of view, um, uh, coming into an agency is difficult enough. Coming into a business development role is difficult enough. Not coming from the same background makes it even more challenging. So I think from your point of view, managing expectations above is going to be key. You're going to need, you're going to need some time to really bed in um, and, to, and to understand the industry. Um, but to build your network is, is going to take some time. Um, so to manage your expectations, but also to help you manage upwards, um don't don't become too disheartened if you're not closing a piece of business in the first month um no. it will it will take a little bit of time to build that network and and start generating those conversations and ultimately to get that first bit of business over the line yeah so they're not putting too much pressure to get anything by they know obviously there's been a lot of problems with people off on furlough or yeah. not wanting to close um so they're completely understanding on that but yeah there was sort of no real crm passed over from the previous or sales manager so to yeah. everything's fresh and clean and all cold sort of leads trying to work through so it is a slog but obviously i don't know if there was any other way that people are finding these leads apart from looking through linkedin and then targeting all the companies that you want to be working with uh it depends what your in industry sectors um but i mean you could use i mean if, if for instance you're predominantly looking for um b2c uh, brands, you could use something like Alf or, or Winmo or something like that, okay. or the Advertiser. Um, yeah. a good, those are they're all good sources of, of, of initial leads. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yes, is it the uh, the Advertist? Um, yeah, 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 I'm quite a big fan of that tool um, in terms of data, and then also uh, we talked about insights and news on companies and sectors. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's that's a pretty decent tool that a few of uh, a few of my clients are using. Um, so certainly, if you want to accelerate the process of gathering sector data um, and insight, something like that will be a definite a definite help. Um, yeah, yeah. But Louis, I tell you what, if you can if you can uh, if you can make it work over the coming months and get through this, you can get through anything. Yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're building something. It's just um, yeah, everything's completely fresh and new, and it has been difficult being away from everyone and away from the office and yeah no sort of bounce backward and forward that you can can do and there's no that's the hard bit that is completely alone yes uh, and apart from the phone call and trying to work out where they want to go it has been a lot more yeah coming into a completely new industry company and role that's um yeah challenging but 
We're getting yeah. there. Yeah. What's the company yeah. you're working for? Sorry, what was the company? Uh, company's called Honcho. Um, a sort of SEO, paid per search and social agency. Yeah. Um, we're trying to work with more local businesses as well. So sort of to move, as someone was saying earlier, that you want to move towards a more local business to try and help in that period and then build the businesses from, from there. Would a, would a new biz strategic template help you? Yeah. I have something I can send over to you, mate. If you, if you, want, to find, if you want to find me on, on um, LinkedIn... Yeah, perfect. Matt, Matt Bullard, just look for the bald head. <laughs> um, I'll, um, I'll send you something over, mate, that's, that's really helpful, just as a basis, something very concise that gives you a plan of action that really does help at least get things in order and get started. So all those questions you're asking me, you know, or asking the group, that's, um, it, it points you in the right direction. Yeah, that's brilliant, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, no worries, mate. Excellent. I am conscious that it is uh, one minute before uh, half past five. Um, any other any other sort of questions uh, very quickly before we before we finish up? Can I just say hello, Adam? Hello, Matt. I was going to say the same thing. How are you, mate? Very well, mate. Listen, having both of you, Ben and Ben and Adam, on here is really really good. <laughs> A wealth of wisdom between you, and I found I found this session really really insightful. Um, so, yeah. any more, Ben? Adam, I'd love for you to be involved because I think as the numbers grow, it's you know it's really valuable insight that you're putting into this. So, thank you. Oh, not a problem. I, I agree. Thanks, thanks, Adam, for joining us today. The, the the insights that you can gain from somebody who's obviously working across a broad broad spectrum of agencies, specifically with relation to to lead generation and booking appointments, um, I've, I've certainly found really interesting and valuable. So, thanks for. Thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for joining us. I speak to a lot of agencies, but not in the, the capacity of actually helping them um, do the lead generation bit. I normally lead that to uh, somebody else. So it's probably worth us having a chat. Yeah, we should do. Shouldn't we? <laughs> I'll, look sorry, you, I'll look you up on that LinkedIn thing, shall I? Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> oh, one of the uh, who was uh, was it Graham? Who was? So, oh no, no, it was, it was Louis. Louis, um, sales navigator in LinkedIn. Um, Get your get get that um, honcho to pay for you to go up to Sales Navigator. Yeah. Um, it's the professional one. You get it. It, it really makes LinkedIn far, but far more superior. Perfect. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Thank you, uh, everybody, for for joining us again. Um, this is the second time uh, I've, uh, I've I've done this. Um, the feedback last time seems to be pretty good. Um, it feels like it's been a another decent session today. So if everybody's up for it, uh, I will probably do this again in, a, in another four weeks time. We'll see where we're at. Yeah, Hopefully absolutely. the world is beginning to return to some form of normality by that point. Um, so I will, um, I'll, I'll send you a link uh, uh, once I know the date. Um, if in the meantime, I can help with anything at all, or you want to be put in touch with anybody else that's been a part of this today, um, please just shout. Um, but otherwise, um, keep trucking, keep going guys. and. Uh, See you in a few weeks. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. So that's it. 
Thank you very much for tuning in to uh, this first somewhat accidental uh, podcast. Thank you also to those who uh, took part uh, in June's session. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of July's session, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'll be posting details there. You can also find me on uh, Twitter at BenApp, B-E-N-N-A-P, um, or feel free to drop me an email, ben at ben-potter.co.uk. Otherwise, keep a lookout for details next month if you just want to tune in uh, to what should be uh, a second uh, podcast covering July's session. In the meantime, uh, continue to take care of yourselves and take care of those uh, around you. Thanks a lot.